Hey everybody, this is your host Sophia Nelson and welcome to the One America podcast. It's Black History Month and all month we want to spotlight topics around black history, achievements, great Americans, why black history is American history, why it needs to be taught, why it needs to be retaught. Um, I think there's a lot to get into and if you didn't listen to our kickoff podcast for this month. You missed a great one with Dr. Kalita Fairfax of Norfolk State University. She talked about her new book that she has out on the African-American journey from uh, 1607 colonies in the Commonwealth of Virginia, where we live, uh, and how it had a historical impact on this moment we find ourselves in in America right now. You can listen to that podcast on demand on all of our platforms. Please pick up a copy of her book on Amazon. Uh, listen to some of the outtakes that we did on our social media platforms. Everything is at One America Podcast. Today, I want to talk about stereotypes, racial stereotypes, and how they are really ripping this country apart and continuing to feed a narrative of division and one of otherism and bias and all the things that, frankly, all of us should hate and be against. But before I get into my very short Black History Month message for this week of February the 8th, 2021. I want to say a little bit about uh, the announcement of the death of uh, one of the Supremes, Mary Wilson. If you are uh, over 50 years old, uh, certainly if you're over 60 years old, you know who the Supremes are. Uh, All you young people out there, go download it on Pandora or Amazon Music, wherever you get your music, Spotify, and download some of the music that your parents or grandparents listened to when they were your age. It's great stuff. Uh, They were trailblazers, the Supremes. Uh, You know, Diana Ross, of course, became the big star. She became the focal point of the group, which was contentious with Florence Ballard dying very young and and basically impoverished and broken. It was a very controversial uh, thing at the time that happened when my mother was a teenager. And uh, Mary Wilson, of course, uh, stayed with the group all the way until the Supremes kind of faded out into the 1970s and died in her home in Las Vegas this morning, February 9th, 2021, which is sad being that she was just on Twitter and YouTube um, days ago. Uh, being positive, talking about the founding of the Supremes, how she was so honored to be part of it. And I want to just talk about her for a moment as uh, we head into Women's History Month next month, but we're in Black History Month this month. And just remember her for a moment as the trailblazer she was, along with her two friends from Detroit, uh, three girls from the projects who could sing. And were discovered by Barry Gordy, the legendary uh, creator of Motown Records. Uh, The Primettes was their name. Thank God they got rid of that. And they became the Supremes. Um, I won a contest in college with some of my sorority sisters as we uh, uh, did a... uh, There was a contest that uh, we all dressed up like the Supremes. We had on the long gloves... Uh, I was the lead. I had two backup singers. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we did a a trio of songs, Baby Love, Where Did Our Love Go? And uh, Back in My Arms Again. Um, Great, great women. uh, Just 
a moment to reflect on Mary Wilson and her accomplishments and all she gave to music, to black culture, black history. Our thoughts and prayers are with her family and those who loved her and her friends. A lot of great tributes coming out uh, about her on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So check them out if you have a moment and play some of your Supreme records today in honor of Mary Wilson. I know we're going to do it in my house. Uh, I went into the garage where I keep things and I pulled out mom's 45s uh, that I have preserved for her and in, in these albums that they have that they had back then. She's got the originals. They're probably worth a lot of money, uh, but we've got them. And uh, although I do not have a, a 45 uh, record player anymore in the house, I just brought them in so she could look at them. And I know uh, as an age cohort of Mary Wilson and Diana Ross and a woman who sang herself, my mom can blow, she can sing. Uh, those of you who know her know that's true. I inherited the voice, uh, but we don't talk about that. I'm a speaker, um, an author, a pundit, and that's what I do best. Uh, yes, I can sing, but you'd have to give me a lot of alcohol to apply me to do that. <laughs> in order for me to have the courage, uh, I'll stand up and speak in front of a million people. I've spoken at the Sydney Opera House. I've spoken all over this world, and I would die if I had to sing in front of you guys. So, you know, we're going to move on from that. But uh, to my Black History uh, Month message today, I want to talk about stereotypes. You know, in my first book, Black Woman Redefined, Dispelling Myths and Discovering Fulfillment in the Age of Michelle Obama, the whole premise of that book was to talk about at that time, and it's going to be the 10th year anniversary this May of 2021, if you can believe that that book uh, was a Pulitzer-nominated book in arts and letters. Um, it won a Best Nonfiction Book Award that year, was up for Best Author that year. Uh, I'm proud of that book. That book will always be my baby because it's my first book. It was a lot of uh, a challenge to get that book out and done because we did actual research. We had focus groups Kellyanne Conway, yes, that one, uh, was uh, at that time had the polling company, which was a firm that did polling around women's issues, uh, women's buying patterns, women's political patterns. Kellyanne and I go way back, uh, both from South Jersey, moms, nurses. And although our past diverged, um, I couldn't have pulled that book off without her. So I want to give her a shout out. Uh, she brought in the right team. She made sure that African-American women were there as our focus group moderators, etc. And it was a groundbreaking book at the time. But one of the taglines from that book is stereotypes aren't funny when they follow you everywhere. And uh, we'll put up the trailer from the book later. Uh, follow us at BWR Paperback if you're on Twitter and uh, on Facebook at Black Woman Redefined. And um, you can learn more about the book. You can buy it on Amazon still. It's still a bestseller to this day. Um, it still sells out. It's still in print 10 years later, which is a real accomplishment. But again, I, I couldn't have pulled up that book without Cheryl Tucker and the editors and uh, Essence Magazine and, and my mom and others who encouraged and helped and supported. Uh, very grateful uh, for the opportunity to write a book about black women and our stories and our narratives and how we are viewed and seen. I did a piece in the GRIO where I'm a contributing editor. If you didn't have a chance to check it out, it's on my Twitter feed and on uh, social media. But I did a piece about Tiffany Cross, and um, who hosts uh, Crossfire on uh, MSNBC, and Vice President Kamala Harris, of course, who's the Vice President of the United States, and how they had a pretty rough week last week uh, when Vice President Harris dared to go to West Virginia to sell 
the administration's uh, package on COVID relief at the behest of the president. And Senator Joe Manchin, the crybaby that he is, I am not a fan of his, uh, you know, lamented that how dare she come into his state without calling him, letting him know. Dude, she doesn't need your permission. She's the vice president. She doesn't have to ask you anything. She doesn't have to let you know. She was doing the job the president asked her to do. And with respect to Tiffany, Tiffany got herself in some hot water on her own show, not because she did anything wrong, but because she invited Anthony Scaramucci on the show, who the mooch, who... Uh, was the 10-day communications director at the White House under Donald Trump. That's how badly that thing crashed and burned. And I like Anthony, but Anthony got himself on there and she asked him, hey, explain us how you got radicalized and how you got de-radicalized. He didn't like the question. There was back and forth. It got kind of ugly, but Tiffany held her ground as she should have because it was her show. And the point she was making is she's not going to legitimize these ex-Trump people who were Trump people all the way up until the end, and now all of a sudden they don't like Trump or they came up very late against Trump, and, and now they want to get on TV and talk about rebuilding the Republican Party, etc. And I agree with her 100%, but that's a podcast for a different day, and we are going to do that podcast. Uh, but I, I I wrote about the, the white male fragility, and I have a lot of white men that follow me and, and listen, so so don't stop listening, stick with me. Remember, this podcast is all about courageous conversations. And if you didn't listen to the two-part series I did with Butch Porter um, last year, right after uh, the election, and, and, and gave him a chance as a conservative white male friend of mine to really help us have insight into how white males see where we are politically, socially, etc. A very popular podcast in our top five of all time. You should listen to it. But I got to be honest with you, brothers, to my white brothers. Listen, um, we don't need to ask you for permission. Women don't. Black women don't. Um, you got to get out of your ego box. This isn't your grandfather's America. And I know that's a problem for many of you. This is a different America. It's a changing America. It doesn't mean you don't have a role to play. You have a big role to play. I- again, I'm going to speak straight to you. Uh, 90% of all uh, top income earners in the United States are men, uh, white men, uh, you know, 90 plus percent of the fortune 500 are white men. In fact, it's about 95%. Um, and, um, I could go on and on and on the newsrooms, wall street, uh, university presidents, uh, deans, administrators, industry experts, etc. It's white and male. So I don't know what you guys are mad about. And I don't know why you're burning shit down. And I don't know why you're storming the Capitol. And I don't know why you're doing this kind of stuff. Because you still own everything. You do. And the rest of us are still trying to get into the game. The rest of us are still trying to figure this out. Uh, get our degrees. Do what you ask us to do. And be part of the discussion, be part of the process, be part of the institutions, be part of a changing system. Um, and, and, and you need to open up and you need to stop being in your feelings and feeling like somebody's trying to push you out or somebody's trying to take something from you. Imagine being a woman, imagine being a person of color for a week. I don't think most of you guys could make it. And I'm just being honest with you. So stop it. You know, nobody has to kiss your ring. We're not living that way anymore. Nobody should. You shouldn't. We shouldn't. 
Nobody should. So stereotypes are dangerous and stereotypes are damaging. And as someone who has dealt with them her entire life, I know what it's like to be the only black person in a room, certainly the only black woman in a room, and have to get over it, suck it up, do what I need to do, perform, show up, not be in my feelings, but it's uncomfortable. Just as you would be if you were the only Caucasian person in a room full of black people all the time, every day, all day. It gets challenging. And I want us to just think about today's stereotypes because as I listen to our political dialogue on the very day, today is February 9th, 2021, the impeachment trial, the second impeachment trial of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump starts today. And as I look at how we got here and I look at history and I go back to the 1700s and the 1800s and the 1900s, the 20th century in which I was born, and I look at how we have defined each other and redefined each other. Black people evolved from Africans to the N-word to the Negroes to colored to Afro-Americans, to Black, to African-Americans. Think about that for a moment. We got a lot of different names. We're not people. We're not human beings. We have these labels and these tags that we give each other. It's the LGBTQ people. It's the Muslim people. It's, it's, it's the females. It's the women. It's the woman's movement. All of these labels that we put on each other, some of them, understandably, we have to define things. I get that in life. I understand. But Toni Morrison said it best. Definitions belong to the definers and not the defined. What did she mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. What she meant was simply, if you allow yourself to be defined by other people in the box they put you in, that's where you're going to stay because that's the box they put you in. And I'm here today to tell you, you already knew this, I ain't in anybody's box. I'm a proud black woman. I'm a proud black woman because I am the, the, the great, 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 great granddaughter of Ivy, who was a slave. And uh, I am the great, 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 great granddaughter of Henry, who was a slave owner's son. And... I am proud of my heritage. I'm proud of my lineage. So I'm Scotch-Irish and African-American, African rather, with a mixture of a couple other things, Native American on my mother's side, Choctaw and uh, and uh, Crete Indian uh, out of Oklahoma. And so we're all mutts. We all have something in us. And I say this to my white brothers and sisters all the time, that How do you think I can have white men in my family tree and you don't have somebody black in your family tree? You know, my father's mother could pass for white. She was a mulatto. She could pass. She looked white. Uh, Many of African-Americans after slavery, post-Civil War, at least a quarter of a million are estimated to have migrated and passed for white. We know some of Thomas Jefferson's children, two of his children went to Philadelphia. The ones he had with Sally Hemings, a boy and a girl. And were never heard from again, not because we believe they died. Uh, Their brother, um, who, uh, if you go to Monticello and you uh, go to the Sally Hemings exhibit and you look at their youngest son, he was in touch with his brother and sister, but he could not say where they were, obviously, for their safety. Uh, Because had it been found out that they were Jefferson's mulatto children and that they were black, 
They would have been ostracized from society. And I imagine they integrated into Philadelphia society and passed as white. And the sad thing is we don't ever know where they are. So their descendants, who are Thomas Jefferson's descendants, have no idea uh, of who their parents were and who their their mother was. Um, and, and that's sad, uh, meaning their great-great-great-great-grandmother uh, coming fast forward to where we are now, Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson. And so I just wanted to, to drop in today and remind us that as we are striving now to heal from the insurrection at the Capitol, as we're striving now to figure out who we're going to be politically as Americans, as we're striving now to figure out how the hell we get along and how we share and how we help each other and how we live together and how we respect our differences, e pluribus unum, out of many one, I want to encourage you in this Black History Month, white brothers and sisters, have a cup of coffee with somebody, safely, of course, um... Reach out to that person at work that you don't really know well, but you'd like to, who's different from you. Um, Sit, listen, fellowship, do a Zoom, uh, read a book with your kids on black history, read the wonderful uh, biography on on Frederick Douglass uh, by David uh, uh, W. uh, God, I cannot remember his last name, but just go to Amazon and and Google uh, Frederick Douglass. Read Colin Powell's My American Journey. Uh, Read Michelle Obama's Becoming. Read Barack Obama's Promised Land. Read E Pluribus One by Sophia Nelson. Read Black Woman Redefined by Sophia Nelson. Sit down with your kids and, and learn. Dare to journey together. These kids are smart. Teach them. Go in and read about the 1619 Project. Subscribe to it the New York Times. Get the commemorative papers and issues. Learn, dare to expand your view and learn for yourself about the beautiful history and the tapestry of America. Because this isn't just your country. And it isn't just my country. It's our country. It's our America. And the more we keep stereotyping, oh yeah, that's what black people do and that's what white people do and that's what those rednecks down in West Virginia and Western Virginia do or in Arkansas or Alabama do. And the more we keep putting each other in these boxes, the worse off we're going to be as human beings and the worse off we're going to be as a nation. We have got to grapple with and wrestle with this new demographic, this new America. I want to give a shout out to Congressman Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, your patriots, profiles, encourage, baby. That's what you did. Stood your ground. You put the Constitution first. And I'm shouting you both out because you both understand something that the Republican Party better understand real fast. And that is, is that America's changed. And if you're going to have a white, monolithic, angry party, a grieve party, and everything you're going to do is going to be around grievance, you're going to be a minority party forever. Our democracy is going to be worse off for it because we won't be a party of ideas and of, of debate and of policy and of positivity. We need two strong political parties. We need black people in the Republican Party. We need brown people in the Republican Party. We need suburban women in the Republican Party. We need two healthy parties. Right now, we only have one. And the Democrats ain't all that healthy either. The Republicans are just so dysfunctional that it is what it is. But let me end with this. Stereotypes aren't funny when they follow you everywhere. Do yourself a favor. Stop stereotyping people. Stop putting people in boxes. Stop stereotyping. 
thinking that you know, assuming that you know, uh, thinking that you got it all figured out and that you somehow know how to walk in somebody else's shoes or, or be in somebody else's skin. You do not. Stop being a know-it-all and shut your mouth and listen. Hear a different point of view. Listen to somebody's story that's not your own. Respect yourself and others enough to do that. And that goes for me. I'm not afraid to have people on this podcast, on any platform I'm on, who don't agree with me, who are different from me. I will sit down with anybody and talk to anybody and share with anybody. I will do it because I'm not afraid of debate. I'm not afraid of courageous conversation. I don't want to put other people in a box. Look, we only see what we see. We only get what we get. But when we dare to have a conversation, when we dare to have a cup of coffee, when we dare to sit down at the table of brotherhood and sisterhood and fellowship, when we dare to do that, that's what has made this great country what it is to this very day. Don't give up on America. Let's not give up on each other. Let's sit down. Stop putting people in a box. None of us was made to be in a box. We were made to thrive, to walk in God's glory, to to do good as much as it depends on us to others. I love you guys. I'll be back next week with a guest for Black History Month and we'll keep it moving from there. And God bless you and God keep you until we meet again. Happy Black History Month.